was telling the kids this this morning in the teen class. Uh, I like that song, that verse right there. It says, "In the joy we share as we tarry there." Amen. You start reading God's word, and if you don't have joy when you're reading it, <laughs> you got a problem. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So I mean, now of course I don't correction. You know what I mean? Yeah. He correcteth you. He loveth who he correcteth. I get, thank you, Anna, for that. And that's a he loves you, and he corrects you. So be happy that he corrected you. And when you read his word, say thank you. And man, thank you, Lord, for tarrying with me. <laughs> amen. Jonah's not too happy right now. <laughs> so, amen. Book of Jonah, if you would. Thank you so much. I'm going to find where I'm at. I apologize. Well, so last week I was not here. We had a, man, it's been beautiful outside. I mean, we're almost to October. And it's like 80 and 70, 80 degrees. So over at our farm, we have a bunch of uh, cows. And then the rain drains are going to go off. And this one spot where it comes into the barn is always, I mean, the cows just sink all the way up to their bellies. So we put a French drain in. The guy I met this guy when I was working, another Christian. He goes, I'll drop off an excavator. And I had one day to get it done. So I told Pastor, I said, I'm sorry. But I got one day. So we dug over 200 feet of trench. Put it all full of rock, and we'll see how the winter's going to go. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a, that's all you can do. You know what I mean? Just fix the little problem you got there, and wait for the next one to show up, and and fix that. Amen. So, uh, amen. We'll just uh, where should we pick up? We left off in verse number twelve. Does everybody remember it? Let's just yeah, sure. It's a familiar story. We don't have too many. So Jonah here, right? He didn't. He disobeyed the Lord. He didn't do what he was told. He's now put the mariners in jeopardy. He's now, you know, uh, confessed that he's done that. And uh, verse number 12, he says, And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so the sea shall be calm unto you, for I know that this, they know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore, they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging." Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. You know what? I don't think I'm going to try to get to verse... I'll probably get to verse 17, but uh, you'll pray for me next week Next week, because that's a, that's a big verse. I mean, I remember originally a long time ago, I wanted to preach a message to you, a pastor of puke out of Jonah. Because if all your messages, all your desires just to preach a good message and have a great revival, then that's great. But there's there's more to you actually loving the people. Amen. You know, there's more to it than that. But then I, the, lo, the Lord kind of smote when he when he kind of relayed himself to Jonah. Said, Man, that's probably not a good title. So, <laughs> but, you know, Jonah's, uh, there's a lot in there, huh? There's a lot. There's a lot of similarities and the people getting saved even on these, both these mariners. And I just kind of like to focus on these mariners for tonight. 
Amen. They got, they got saved in their own Gentile way. They became converts. Amen. I don't want to get too ahead of the message, but you know, but they did. So, uh, verse number 13 says, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. You know, you cannot overcome the trouble without dealing with the root of the cause. You can't just keep pushing that stuff on the back burner. It's just going to keep digging at you. You're going to keep thinking about it. It's just still going to be there. It's not going to go away. Jonah here is, is the problem in this situation. Sometimes your storm in your life, you're the cause of the problem. Other times you're not. Amen. I mean, it just happens. Sometimes you're just in the boat when, you know, somebody else's fault. You know, you think of, you can think of times in your own life. I have. I know one right now. <laughs> we won't go into that. <laughs> you know, everybody has their own little storm with someone or maybe even yourself. I've been there because it was me. I've been there because it was someone else. Amen. But the Lord's in control of that. And you got to go to him about it. <laughs> You're not going to overtake God. If the Lord wants you to go through it, you better seek him about it. You're not going to overpower. I'm just going to keep rowing. <laughs> As you're standing right here. You might be going this way. Better throw the anchor. You know what the anchor's for, right? So you don't keep going back. Sometimes you just got to stay right there. We have an anchor. Amen. But sometimes you're just in that wind and in that sea. And you know what? You ain't going to overtake God. And the sea and the wind, it says, was against them. It wasn't with them. It was against them. When people say that I can do whatever I want, it won't hurt anyone else. But all sin against God hurts the sinner and those around them. It does. It'll hurt you. Jonah should have done what God said the first time. I know in my daily Bible reading, I was reading through some stuff and I thought I was going to have a whole nother message, but the Lord just kind of put it all in this one. So I hope you all understand it, but turn over there to Numbers chapter 20. He said Numbers chapter 20. God should have, or Jonah should have just done what God said the first time. Numbers chapter 20. The joy you get from reading the scriptures. And when the puzzles all come together, you know, and the picture kind of, oh, okay, that's why. You know, that, that happiness. Joy, um, Numbers chapter 20 and verse number 1 says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole con- congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. There's that against. Against and against. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. And why have ye brought up the congregation of the Lord in this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have ye made us to come out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is no place of seed or figs or of vines or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. 
And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Man, that's cool. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thy rod, and gather thou assembly together, and Aaron thy brother, and speak and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. Notice that his water. Not its water. His water. We all know that rock to be Christ. That's right. That rock was Christ. And thou, and thou shalt bring forth them water out of the rock, so shalt thou give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him, as he commanded him the first time. What's he supposed to do? Speak. Speak the first time. He's supposed to speak the first time. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, ye rebels. <laughs> Moses a little upset. Must we fetch your water out of the rock, this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And then the Lord tells them this. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation to the land which I have given them. That's big. Just because he just did, just because he didn't do what he told him the first time. Are you getting it? The first time. That's a big thing. I mean, that's Moses. That's Aaron. That's scary. It's sobering. I mean, Jonah there, he's just go preach to the Ninevites. No. No. I don't want to do that. And now he's judgment. I remember John Habman when I, I think we all had that uh, Northwest Youth Conference. Brother Dan was doing the Jeopardy thing, and that Sunday we had John Habman up here uh, preaching. And I've heard it said, you don't get to hear John Habman, you get to experience John Habman. <laughs> and uh, he is one of the most phenomenal. I've, I've been to his church up there, and him leading songs, he is just, I mean, you're, it's it's amazing. He's all over the place over here, and he's all the way over here, and and everybody's singing just like really loud and joyfully, and you're just like, wow, this is an experience. <laughs> you know, it's really cool. So, but I remember he came up and he brought this pad. I don't even remember. He wasn't even preaching on this. He's preaching on something totally different. And he says, "Can you do?" And he says, "When Moses was told to speak to that rock, he said, what he do?'" And he said, "He smote it." He smote it twice. And this is what he said, and it, it scared me. Never forgot it. He said, can you do something a wrong way and get a good result? I don't even know what he's preaching on, but I know <laughs> I know that was for me. And that's always been my prayer. Lord, better seek the Lord first. Lord, don't make me do this the wrong way. Lord, I don't want to do it the wrong way. I don't want to do this the wrong way. I said that wrong. Forgive me. Lord, I want to bring you honor and glory. Lord, I want to do this the right way. I don't want to have to have a good result and not seeking the Lord. This passage only Aaron and Moses. 
get judged, not the other ones. But Jonah, everyone is in danger because of one man's disobedience. Turn back over there to Jonah. Chapter number, or first chapter. Verse number 14. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased. You know what? They tried their best to do it their way. You ever been there? You just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll do it my way. I don't know where that came from, but stupid song. <laughs> but we've all done it without doing what the Lord has sought what the Lord did first. I like that these mariners are seeking the Lord. Now they finally know who He is. But you know what? Now it's time to get rid of the problem. You'll make no mistake, they want to live. And they'll do whatever it takes to get rid of this guy. They don't want to. They tried. But buddy, we fixing to die. You got to go. <laughs> you know? Ephesians 5.21 No man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it. Except for the Lord. Except for the Lord Jesus Christ. Could have called down 12 legions of angels, but he didn't. Instead, he laid down his life, the just, dying for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Turn over there, Romans chapter 5, verse 7, great verse. Romans chapter 5. says, for scarcely, verse number seven, for scarcely a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. That's the Lord. First John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, that we ought to also lay down our lives for the brethren. Just being a blessing to somebody. Can I ask that? To, I try, like to ask that to the teens. You've you been a blessing to somebody lately? Have you tried to? Just be a blessing. Help them out a little bit. Love God. Love your neighbor. Amen. Jesus, God, Bible. <laughs> Only the Spirit-filled Christian free of self-love. Thinks more of others than himself. And he'll take the gospel outside these walls, thinking on others. I heard a preacher, I was listening to this sermon, that's pretty good. I mean, I had to dig in a little more, but he kind of said in a little roundabout way the gospel. He, Jesus told him, Go out there and preach ye the gospel unto the whole world, right? Take it to the world. But you get there to Acts, and they're just kind of hanging out in Jerusalem. But then, oh Saul, was Saul the one? Saul meant to break that up? Was Saul the storm that was going to get a little bit converted later? 
But was he the one that kind of sent them all in there? Look, man, I told you what to do. Get going. And you get down there after Saul and says, and they were all scattered abroad. Oh. Like I said, I just dug in. I didn't dug in all the way, but it, I know who said it, and I kind of respect that man. Interesting thought. Just going out there, doing what you're told, Jonah, the first time. But Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't love the perishing souls. And the sailors loved themselves more than Jonah. But God loved us. And He gave Himself for us. Amen? Lay not on us innocent blood. That's their prayer and their plea. And I say, you know what, Lord? He already said He did it. He already said, let's throw He throw Him overboard. We've tried all that we can do, Lord. We've done it all. But Lord, He said it. Throw Him overboard. Lay not this upon us. I can't help but think that, you know, at least they're confessing it to God. You know? A lot of people don't do, don't do that. A lot of different religions. I think, and I, I wrote this down. Judas didn't. All that wrong that Judas did, you know where he went? Turn over to Matthew. It's a, it's a, it's a thought, man. Matthew chapter 27. You know, you sinned unto the Lord, you're going to go to somebody else? You're struggling with sin and you're going to go talk with somebody else about it instead of the Lord? Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 1 says, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put Him to death. And when they had bound Him and led Him away, they delivered Him to Pontius Pilate the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed Him, when he saw that He was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the thirty pieces of the silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is thou? What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down a piece of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. You can go to a priest? You can go maybe you can go to the pastor for that counsel. Instead you're just going to go to the Lord. Now, I read that verse in Proverbs. It says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Here you see that counsel obviously is not good of these Pharisees, the Sadducees, priests and elders, excuse me. You know where your counsel is going to stand strong? God, Jesus, Bible. Amen. Where are you going first? And I'm not putting this pastor say the same thing. But you should not go to just the pastor first. I understand you got a Bible question. But have you ever just, you know what, Lord, can can you just answer me in this matter? Can you forgive me of this matter? Not saying that you got a problem with a brother or something, you go to your brother. But if you've got a problem, you got a sin problem, not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe get it right with the Lord. Go do what you're supposed to do. 
And if that problem ain't, maybe, hey, pastor, maybe, maybe oh, what do you think of this? But you ought to seek the Lord first. These mariners finally figured that out. Imagine how you, we know that when you first got saved. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, you know, you want all this other more knowledge or wisdom or whatever you want, and you're going to go to these other people. Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah. All right. You know, who did Jesus, I mean, who did Judas confess to? Confess to a priest. That was his first thing to do. A pastor's counsel, a man's counsel, a woman's counsel. You know what? If it, it ought not be first. I've went to a good, I mean, a respectable, I don't want to throw him under the bus right now. It's nobody in this room. And I asked him, I said, what, what do you think of this verse? And he said, yep. <laughs> yep. What in the world is yep? It isn't even an answer. It is an answer, but it's, you know what it is? It's an answer that disappoints you. <laughs> you know what I found out about that verse? <laughs> I found out if I kept reading, there's another verse right after it. Yeah. Jesus, God, Bible. <laughs> I mean, it really is that simple, folks. It really is. You just got to have some faith. You got to have a good heart. And when you're reading that Bible, the Lord's going to answer you. Counsel with God first. You know what? You won't be disappointed. Amen. He ain't never disappointed me. Might not have told me what I wanted here, <laughs> but he told me what I needed. Look at Second Kings. Turn over Second Kings. I like this, and this uh, this was kind of an eye opener for me. Second Kings, chapter number one. We've talked about it before, but uh, I mean, God takes this stuff serious. God likes to be sought first. <laughs> He's like. What? You're going to praise those gods of silver and gold and you ain't going to... What are you doing? Verse number 1, Then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab, and Ahaziah fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said to them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. I mean, this is the king of Israel, right? Go inquire of Beelzebub. Here's the message. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say to them, Is it not because there is not a god in Israel that ye may go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from the bed in which thou art gone up, but shall surely die. And Elijah departed. Bible, folks. It's Bible. <laughs> and if you want to get a little more serious, you just keep reading. And when the messengers turned back to him, he said to them, Why art thou there turned back? And they said to him, There came a man, <clears throat> excuse me, up to meet us and said unto us, <clears throat> Go turn again unto the king that sent you and say to him, Thus saith the Lord, Is not because there is not a God in Israel, but thou sendest to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore thou shalt not come down from the bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And he said to them, What manner of man was this which came up to meet you and told you these words? And they answered him, He was an hairy man, and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. He knew this guy. 
He knew this. Go ask Elijah the Tishbite. What's God going to do? I mean, it wasn't like, oh, who was he? Why don't you bring him over here? Let me talk to him. He calls him by name. (laughs) Then the king said unto him, a captain of fifty with his fifty has said unto him, and behold, he sat on the top of a hill and he spake to him, thou man of God, the king has said, come down. And Elijah answered and said unto the captain of fifty, if I be a man of God, that's crazy, and let fire come down from heaven and consume these fifty Thee and thy fifty. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Why? Because he didn't seek God first. And there goes fifty-one. And again, he sent another captain of fifty with his fifty. And he answered and said to him, O man of God, thus hath the king said, come down quickly. And Elijah answered and said to him, if I be a man of God... Let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. 102. And he said unto the captain of the third fifty, which was his fifty, and the third captain, he was a smart captain, like this, anyhow, and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and besought him and said, O man of God, I pray thee, let, let my life and the life of these fifty of thy servants be precious in thy sight. Behold, there came down fire from heaven and burn up these two captains of the former fifties with their fifties. Therefore, let my life now be precious in thy sight. And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, Go down with him. Be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. So he went there with them. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's, I like that. And pay attention. This is the verse. And he said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron, is it not because there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? That's pretty clear there. I was going, wow. Lord likes being sought first. Lord likes that. Acquire his word. Turn over to First Chronicles chapter 13. It's another one. First Chronicles chapter 13. And grab a comparing Scripture with Scripture. Grab Second Samuel chapter 6. So, in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, you get these first three verses that you don't get in 2 Samuel. Make sure I got that right. 2 Samuel chapter 6. It says, And David consulted with captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, and that it, and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad out unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them also the priests and the Levites, where it are in the cities and the suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of our God to us, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. 
Those three verses, if you look over to Second Samuel chapter 6, are not there. And David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal to Judah to bring up thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth there between the cherubims. And they set the ark upon a new cart. All that counsel, all that consulting, all that stuff wasn't even mentioned unless you read it in First Chronicles chapter 13. And David consulted with captains and of thousands, captains of thousands. These are somebodies. How many people you got into you? Thousands. Okay. You're, you're a somebody. And hundreds. And with every leader, he didn't miss one. But he did miss one. He missed one real important one. He forgot God. God's not mentioned in this. Not till you get over to chapter 15. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad our brethren. Let us send abroad to our brethren every everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them all the priests and Levites who are in the cities and the suburbs, that they might gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again our God, and let us bring again the ark of our God in us, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. That's always puzzled me. I've never I've dug at it a little bit. I know I've talked with Pastor about it too, but Saul. Saul of all people, I was like, he never went after the ark. I mean, the presence of God is no longer with you. Aren't you going to go to some place where the last place that God is, you, you think, or, or the, the best place you think, right by the heart, God was at least going to be right here. But no, I'm going to go to a, a witch? Yeah, exactly. What? What? It's like, man, I, I, pastor, I haven't been reading my Bible. Instead, I've been reading my daily horoscope and going to palm readers. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Are you... <laughs> I'm going to stop. I'm going to say something dumb. But it's about the same thing. Right? Why did you do that? Because he inquired not of it. Why did Saul not do that? I just, I don't know. I've never, bing, put the, you know, why? But David's going to. But he forgot to inquire of one person in particular. And you know the story. David gathered them all together in verse 5, and David went there in verse 6. In verse number 7, they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadad and Uzzah. And Ahio drove the cart, and David and all Israel played before God with all their might and with the singing and with harps and with the psalteries and with the timbrels and with the cymbals and the trumpets. And when they came unto the threshing floor of Chidon, and Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put his hand on the ark, and there he died before God. Interesting, it doesn't say like he died before all of them. It says he died before God. And David was displeased because the Lord made a breach upon Uzzah. Wherefore, that place is called Perez Uzzah unto this day. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark of himself to this, David brought not, not the ark home to himself to the city of David, but carried it aside into his house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, and the ark of God remained with the family of 
Obed-Edom in the house of three months, and the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom, all that he had. And I find it interesting that you, you read through all David, and every time David was going to go into a battle, and every time he was, I mean, he's just like, what's the Lord say? What's the Lord going to say? The very next chapter, Dan's favorite chapter, maybe. The going of the mulberry trees. <laughs> Pastor preached on that message. Amen. Verse number 10, it says, And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? And wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up, for I will deliver them unto thine hand. You know what he inquired of him? Verse number 14, Therefore David inquired again of God, and God said unto him, Go not up after them, turn, turn away from them, and come unto them over against the mulberry trees. And it shall be when thou shalt hear a sound on the going of the tops of the mulberry trees that when, that then thou shalt go out to battle for God has gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. Verse number 16. David therefore did as God commanded him. Problem solved. But they still got this problem with the ark. And in verse number one of chapter fifteen, and David made him house, made him houses in the city of David, and prepared a place for the ark of God, and pitched for it in a tent. Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God, but the Levites, for them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto Him forever. Sounds like David got a revelation. God revealed something unto him, and that is in verse number thirteen. Let's read verse number 12 first. And he said unto them, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. I mean, in verse number 3 through 11, he gathers everybody together again, all the priests, just to sum that up for you. And in verse number 12, and said unto them, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that ye may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel unto the place that I have prepared for it. This verse right here. For because ye did it not at the first... The Lord our God made a breach upon us for that we sought Him not after the due order. And that's big. He only punished Uzzah for it. God's gracious, ain't He? God's merciful. When I look at this and I'm thinking, how many times I did something in my own self-will and how many times I disobeyed this and the Lord just didn't go... Now he knows the order. He sought him first. God wants to be sought first. Now he can help you. He has the answers. You ain't going to get disappointed. Might have to get corrected. Might have to submit to that. Amen. Might have to get some things right. Sanctify yourselves. His words will stand forever. He'll calm the storm. He'll forgive you of your sin. No one else can do that. And how happy and joyful you'll be when He answers you. Amen. He can correct you. And He will. Whether you, and You're either going to like it or you ain't. 
and He loves who He corrects. You've you got to understand that. That's why the Bible says, and you forgot. <clears throat> Jonah's not even seeking God here, but the mariners are. You ever, you ever notice that? Here these mariners are finally, we know who you are! And just crying out to him, Oh Lord! Oh Lord! And Jonah's just all, I'm ready. Throw me overboard. <laughs> what in the world? You know what I mean? What are you doing? I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's the, um, it's the Word of God. Back over there to Jonah. Verse, er, <clears throat> For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. There wasn't understanding these mariners have now. You know what, God, you're going to do what you're going to do. Would to God that we always had that. You know, when they said that, it brought to mind that uh, Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 29, and, and He that sent me is with me, and the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. Amen. I, I wish I could say that. But I haven't. I'd like to. Amen. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. Jonah is unwilling. Verse number 15. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea seized from her raging. Jonah is unwilling to cast himself in the sea or even repent. He makes the mariners do it. He knows he's the problem, but he won't just get out. <laughs> nope. I ain't getting out. If I'm going to die, you're going to have to throw me overboard. <laughs> right. All right, man, we give up. You ain't, you ain't going to win against the Lord. All right, Lord, help. Lord, we can't go any further. Guess we're just going to pitch you. And as soon as he was out, the sea ceased. See, stopped. You know, I, <laughs> I kind of think as they was rowing down, they're like, praise, praise the Lord, he ain't in the boat no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, whoo, these seas are calm now. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, it was, a, you know, I, I thought about, you know, these guys, a banana in the boat. Like, where in the world did that start? I even looked up the origin of it, but I imagine. If they, are, they ever look for deckhands and like, what's your name, Jonah? Nope, you got to get on another ship over there. No Jonas on this ship. <laughs> you know what I mean? We ain't taking Jonas. I was like, well, that makes more sense to me than a banana. You know, I, mean, I don't even know if that's superstitious. You're like, look, man, Jonas and boats are not good. Are you a preacher from Israel? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it's just uh, anyhow. <laughs> the same God that can send the storm can send the calm. And I'm thankful for that. Verse number 16 says, Then they feared the Lord exceedingly. Turn over there to Psalms chapter 65. Psalms chapter 65. I like these verses. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 65 and verse number 1. It says, Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion. 
and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Amen. Iniquities prevail against me as for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even to the holy of thy holy temple. By terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth, and to them that are afar off upon the sea, which by his strength setteth fast the mountains being girded with power, which stilleth the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people, tumult of the people. He still that storm. He'd make it still. You know, I'm thinking, I don't want to turn there, but I think of that, ma- that maniac Gadara. Mark chapter 4, I think it is. <clears throat> right happens right before that is they all get in that boat and then the storm's, you know, there and Jesus is in the side of the ship, kind of like Jonah. That's why I've never preached that one message, you know. He's asleep in the side of the ship and then they come down. Lord, are we cares not that we perish. And he comes out and rebukes the wind. Oh, thou of little faith. And the storm settles. And I always like to think that the maniac Adara was just up there. You remember him? Possessed with a legion of devils. Up there just crying. Ah! Cutting himself with stones. Running around. Naked as can be. That's what the Bible says. It's not perverted. That's what the Bible says. He wore no clothes. I apologize. The Bible says he wore no clothes. The Bible's not perverted. Amen. But wore no clothes. Running around. Possessed with devils. And he's looking out there. And I imagine he just sees this little sea and little boat going up and down and the wind's going and maybe he even seen the Lord right there just he said the calm the calm came and he says man that's what I want I want that calm out of in my life I'm tired of all these devils just in me and it says when that devil came down there that he came down and besought him instantly and said all those animals and the pigs you know the rest of the story I love that story. One of my favorite ones. It comes down there and all these finally, you know, he's not possessed anymore. And it says, and they came to him and they seen him and he was clothed and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And they were afraid. I'm like, does it, it's funny, but it doesn't even make any sense. It's just like, you fixed him. What's your name? Is your, your Jesus, man. Thank you for doing that. Now I can go up to the gravestone again and see grandma up there. <laughs> but no, they kick him out, you know what I mean? But he stilled that, he stilled that man, he stilled that storm, you know? And he can do that. Turn over to Psalms 107. I love these verses. It's almost like these were meant for Jonah. It's almost like they, they just go right with this passage. Psalms chapter 107. We'll wrap this up. Psalms chapter 107 and uh, verse number 21. Psalms chapter 107, verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works of the children, to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. That they go down to the sea... They that go down to the sea in the ships that do business in great waters, 
These see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and art and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. Praise God. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they are they be quiet. So He bringeth them out unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Doesn't that just kind of go right with it? Verse number 16, or chapter 1 in Jonah. Where am I at? It says, And they offered sacrifices. And then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. I thought about that. I was like, you know, sacrifice, what do they do? They have, I mean, all the matches is wet. Well, they cast out everything. What are they doing? You know what I mean? They ain't got nothing left to sacrifice. There's nothing there. <laughs> we're going to pitch that guy out. We could have done with him. But who's they, what, what's happening? I think that's what that was in there in Psalms 107. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. 1 Peter 2.5 Spiritual sacrifices. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. We won't go there because we all know that one by heart. Amen? Pastors go to. <laughs> it's a good one. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable. You know what? I think it's safe to say that uh, they got converted. One of the good things that came out of this. Verse 5, they's afraid... They's afraid, crying to their little G-God. Verse 10, they, they find out God has made everything. They find out who the Lord is. Verse 14, they cried unto acknowledging His power and submitted to that. Verse 16, they feared the Lord exceedingly. And the fifth thing they did is they came into His presence of His sacrifice, with sacrifice. I think that's just like an Old Testament convert. And you can't skip past this one. And they made vows. Careful of that. Careful. I, I know I've done it. And I'm going to have to answer for it. Because it, I didn't live up to it. Read there Ecclesiastes. And that, it's a warning. Ecclesiastes. Not to... Go over what Pastor already has. Ecclesiastes chapter number 5. I'm going to close with this. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says, verse number 1, says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil, be not rash with thy mouth, and let thine nine heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven and now upon the earth. <laughs> Therefore, let thy words be few. That is a great 
That's words of life right there. Live by that. We'll just read that again. Be not, and for me, amen. Be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven and thou upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business and a fool's voice is known in the multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto the God, defer not and defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it thou should shouldest not vow than that shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither neither say thou before an angel that that it was an error. Wherefore God should be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thy hands. For in the multitude of dreams and many words there are also divers vanities, but fear thou God. You know what? Don't make promises when you're in emotional upheaval. Make those vows. It's better just to say, Thank you, Lord! It's with the voice of sacrifice of thanksgiving. And to make a promise that you end up breaking later. Or a vow. In conclusion, do what God says. Seek Him first and present our bodies as a living sacrifice like the mariners did. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word, Lord. I thank You, Lord, for just touching my heart, Lord, Lord, during this week. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we'd all just uh, be pricked in the hearts, Lord, just, uh, Lord, read more, Lord, and just, uh, Lord, have joy while we're reading and get corrected. And Lord, thank You for this uh, book of Jonah. And Lord, uh, just thank You for Your mercy and Your grace and Your forgiveness, Lord, and just not smiting me at, at as well, Lord. And Lord, thank You for the faith. Thank You for this church and everyone here. And thank You in Jesus' name. Amen.